0: Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532.
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey,
0: Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Stand up for your country. Well, as we predicted yesterday, you know, I think that all the campaigns watch the no spin news because it's just too much of a coincidence. When I say something on one day and 12 to 24 hours later, boom, you know, we know somebody's watching. So anyway, Nikki Haley uh, is calling for a debate with Donald Trump. I said that was the first thing she was going to do after leaving New Hampshire and going back home to South Carolina. And that is the first thing she did. Um, I debated the debate thing with Sean Hannity. I mentioned it yesterday. It's a good debate on the radio and it's on Bill O'Reilly.com free. You don't have to be a premium member. You don't have to juggle. You just go there and pop it up. He doesn't think, Hannity doesn't think that Trump should debate. And I do. I think it would be uh, a mistake for Donald Trump not to debate Nikki Haley. I think he'd benefit from it big time. So the Haley challenge is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. The former ambassador to the United Nations, governor of South Carolina, is 52 years old. Donald Trump is 77. Okay, so Haley's saying he's an old guy. Uh, He's uh, in decline cognitively. There's no difference between him and Biden. They're both old guys. They're both uh, diminished. And she wasted no time putting that out there. And so he got upset and he said that he would take one and he'd challenge me to one and that he would beat me. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. But what I said is, okay. well, if that's the case, then get on a debate stage and let's go. Bring it, Donald. Show me what you got. All right. So she's talking about a cognitive test and whatever. Now, Haley's smart to do that she got no chance to win, even if she whacks Trump in a debate, which to me would be almost impossible if Trump just stayed on how he governed. I mean, if he starts making fun of her dress and things like that, all right. But I have to assume that at this point in his life, that Donald Trump can rally around his accomplishments. Now, maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, he's going to lose. He's not going to win. If he continues the personal stuff, the immature stuff, the election stuff, the January 6th stuff, all of that should be right out the window. Now, on WABC this morning, he's talking to Sid Rosenberg. We do that every Thursday. It's worth a listen. I think we have that posted as well. And Rosenberg said, well, Trump can't change that much because his audience uh, is expecting him to be feisty and confrontative. He can be that. You can be that. I do it all the time. All right, I'm about as confrontational a broadcaster as you're going to find anywhere in the world. But I keep it at an elevated status. I keep it in policy. When I waxed Barney Frank, and if you haven't seen that, Bill O'Reilly, Barney Frank, boom. There was anger there in the air there because Barney Frank, in my opinion, and we, we proved it, was lying. But it was about an issue It was about banks lending money to people who couldn't pay the money back, therefore leading to a recession. That's what it was about. And it it had nothing to do with Barney Frank's shoes or, or his lisp or whatever it may be. I would never do that. It doesn't get you anywhere. So Trump should turn this around and use the forum, the debate forum, to make his case to the country, that he would be a far better president than Joe Biden. Yeah, he's got to address Haley, but that's easy. It's simple. If you look at the core belief system, Haley's and Trump's belief system, are very compatible. It's a matter of style. Okay, so in the meantime, Haley is being buoyed, word of the day, by Republican billionaires. It's very interesting. So next week, New York City, Leonard Stern, Stanley Druckenmiller, Ken Langone, um, Henry Kravitz, they're co-hosting a big fundraiser for Haley. Why? Because they're afraid Trump's going to lose. That's why. That's why they're doing it. And the Republican billionaires don't want the progressives to have four more years and a doddering Joe Biden because they understand how much damage he's doing to the country. And they're worried that Trump will lose because of demeanor. And then uh, Tim Draper, big Silicon Valley guy, has got a February 6th fundraiser for Haley, February 15th. Harlan Crow, the big Dallas real estate guy. Uh, and then, um, a fundraiser by Ross Perot Jr., uh, Susan Rockefeller, Karl Rove's ex-wife or current wife Karen. No, it's his wife, Karen. Pat Toomey, on and on and on and on. So the Republican establishment okay, is worried about Trump, that he will do this. So Haley's going to have a massive amount of money. But it won't matter because the MAGA people will override the moderate Republicans. I wrote a message of the day on Bill O'Reilly.com. This is the third tip now. first we got Hannity, then we got Sid on WABC. Now we got message of the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I pinpoint why Trump overwhelms Haley among Republicans. And it all has to do with anger. Okay. So you might want to read that. In a CNN exit poll in New Hampshire, Seventy percent of those who voted for Nikki Haley on Tuesday aren't Republicans. But what does that tell you? That the Republican MAGA people, the folks are going to vote for Trump. And it doesn't matter how much money Haley raises. And it doesn't matter what she does in a debate. They're going to stand by their man. And that's a memo. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. All right, uh, Joe Biden goes to Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin. He lands in Minnesota, goes over to Wisconsin. There's a bridge, John Blatnick Memorial Bridge, okay? So Biden's going there to announce... The federal government is going to kick $5 billion with a B into this bridge. for $34 billion, trillion, I should say. I can't even keep track of it. $34 trillion debt in this country. And Biden's running around going, hey, want a few billion? Hey, hey. Zelensky, want 65 more billion? Hey, yeah. Hey, here you go. Hey, there you go. Border or near a billion? Hey, come on. This is so irresponsible. Never solves a problem. Now, maybe the bridge needs the five billion. I don't know. I don't know the bridge. But this is all the Democrats have. More spending, more spending, more taxes, more taxes. My God. Um, Biden yesterday kicks off his campaign. uh, Tuesday, right? Tuesday. Um, In Northern Virginia, Manassas. So he and uh, Vice President Harris go out and it's all about abortion. Abortion, abortion, abortion. We dealt with this yesterday. So if if you're from um, Botswana and you just arrive here in America, you would think abortion is the most noble thing in the world. It's great. Abortion, yeah. It's a destructive procedure. Necessary sometimes, absolutely save a mother's life with catastrophic health, necessary, but not noble. So Biden says it is, it, it, oh, more abortions are better. There isn't, and I have my research team, he has never said, Joe Biden, since he has been vice president or president, that there should be any restraints on abortion. None. Whatever time you want, ninth month. Whatever reason, you got a headache, panic attack, whatever. oh, Joe's okay with it. All right, so the bishop, Catholic bishop in Northern Virginia, a man named Michael Burbidge, puts out a statement. Here it is. President Biden has made abortion the centerpiece of his campaign. At a rally in Manassas, he advocated for codifying Roe v. Wade into law. It is incredibly devastating to know. President Biden would place choice... Above his sacred duty to protect life. Despite what this administration claims, taking the life of an innocent child is never a choice. Women who are facing unexpected or difficult pregnancies deserve assistance that affirms and supports life, not destroy it. Unquote. Okay. So Biden, and this is a personal matter with him, not public matter, goes against a basic tenet of his church, of his religion. Now, while we couldn't find any restraint in the past 15, 20 years, we went back further on Biden. Listen to this. This is amazing. In 1977, while he was a senator from Delaware, there was a compromise to allow Medicaid, that's government-run funds for the poor to fund abortions. Biden voted against it. 1977. No public funds for abortion, Joe Biden. All right. 1981, same thing. Rape and incest, then, were included in this Medicaid situation. Biden had rape and incest taken out, 1981. Um, 1986, he told a Catholic newspaper, abortion is wrong from the moment of conception, unquote. That's 1986. So here we have a man who has done a complete 180 on a moral issue with no explanation. None. Now, I've told you and told you and told you, Joe Biden believes in nothing. There isn't anything he believes in. There's no moral compass, no moral foundation. He's a man of no seasons. Whatever propels him to power and wealth, and you'll see that's coming. Okay. He's going to do. That's pretty despicable, in my opinion. All right, Jill Biden, just as bad, firstly, just as bad, but she doesn't parade around as the Catholic of the year like her husband does. So she is uh, bringing Kate Cox, 31 years old, Dallas, Texas, mother of two. Ms. Cox had to have a abortion in her opinion and her doctor's opinion as well because she was pregnant with a rare disorder that increases the risk of stillbirth. So she couldn't get the abortion because she was 20 weeks pregnant. In Texas, she had to leave the state to get it. Very tragic situation. Right? No matter where you stand on the issue, my God. So she's coming to the State of the Union as Jill Biden's guest. They are exploiting her. That's what they're doing. All right. TV ratings for the New Hampshire primary. I knew this was going to be a disaster. All the primetime coverage, six million Americans watched. All of them added up. All right. Four years ago, about nine million watched. Just cut two thirds. One third cut. OK. Now, six million people watching is nothing. It's nothing. I had six million people watching on the factor. On many nights. It's there are 125 million homes in the United States with television sets. Six million watched. What does that say? Number one, most people aren't paying attention yet, if you can believe it. I can't believe it. It is such an important election. But that's what it says. They're not dialed in yet. And number two, they're bored. Already. Already they're bored. Okay? That's what it tells me. It also is on the shoulders of the television personalities themselves. As we told you yesterday, we ran a montage. The most um, incisive comment I heard was, we'll have to wait and see. And then we, we listed, you know, about 20 seconds. I think there were six. We well, we you know, come on. If you're being paid a lot of money to deliver television analysis, you got to have more than we have to wait and see you got to have more than, what do you make of that? you got to have more than, tell me more. Come on. You know, believe me, if I went in and uh, ran a news operation, a cable news operation, I'd have to, I'd have to let 50% of the personnel go. Because they're just incompetent. They're not, they can't do it. It's not like the you No-Spin know, News where we have the Navy SEALs here. All right, Pew Research. This is a social thing, American society. 5,700. 55 respondents, okay, equally divided Republican-Democrat, your religious beliefs, okay, U.S. adults who identify as Protestant, 40%, Catholic, 20%, that's down, unaffiliated, those are called nuns, not Catholic nuns. N-O-N-E-S, nuns, we don't have any religion. 28%. Okay, other faith, nine. Percentage of the nuns, the people, are, I, don't, I don't really care about this, who are atheists, 17. That's pretty low. Agnostic, that means I don't know, and I don't really care. Okay, 37% of the nuns. And the other nuns, they basically say, hey, um... I, I believe in a higher power, but I, I worship my own way, and, and that's okay, I guess. But without structure, without guidance, without discipline, what good is it? I don't know. Maybe it's good for you. Um, and the younger people, 18 to 29, they dominate. They, they There's no religious instruction in public school, as you know. Uh, at home, very little, unless you're a traditional home. If you're in a traditional home, then yeah, you can get it.
1: This podcast is not for you, but if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Okay. Smart life. This is an important segment. So a lot of Americans are overweight. I think it's half of us are overweight. And some of us are on the way to the grave. Because we're too Zoftig. Okay? So losing weight makes you healthier. Makes you look better. It's important. Many millions of Americans, led by Marie Osmond, who's on television more than anyone. Ex- I think Marie Osman's on television more than anyone, okay, is losing weight. Good. Now, to me, I've gone over this before. If you cut out the sugar and fast food and you walk three, four times a week, you'll lose weight. Now, you got to discipline yourself. Maybe two desserts a week, maybe one pizza a week, you know, pizza dinner once. But you got to get away from the fat and the, and the garbage, all right, the junk food. And sugar is going to kill you. Not once in a while, okay, but you're eating sugar every day. It's a matter of when, not if. Okay, so this, there was a study uh, done by dietitians. Uh, And it said, weight loss is a personal journey. I hate that. (laughs) Okay, And you should keep it personal. I like that. All right. Because if you broadcast your quest to lose weight, you may get snide criticism. You know how people are. And unwanted comments. Why do you want that stress? Why? So this applies not only to losing weight. But it applies to anything personal in your life that you're trying to do, good or bad. Don't broadcast it. Now, if you have a confidant, somebody who's stood the test of time, somebody you can actually look at and say, just between you and me, and no, it's going to be kept just between you and me, and that's rare. That is rare. But if you have somebody, then you can talk about anything. And I hope you do have somebody. I really. Hope you do. But most people don't. And broadcasting about your weight problem or whatever it is that's ailing you or your family problems, don't do it. Don't do it. Unless you think the person can help, really, in a profound way. But even then, boy, you got to be careful. So keep it to yourself. Uh, Discipline. And they give you a tip here. Walk 10,000 steps a day and use a fitness app to track. Okay, I don't walk 10,000 steps a day because Holly the terror dog is a little dog. Okay, I have to drag Holly the terror dog when I take her out because I have a big stride. and And I'm like, when I go out to walk, I move it. And there's Holly going like this. I don't walk 10,000 steps a day, let's say 5,000 steps a day. So you get the little gizmo, you put it on, yourself, whatever it is, I don't even have it, I don't care, okay? But I walk as much as I can, all right? That combined with a better diet, then I don't have a weight problem. And the reason I don't have one is because of clothes. I get free clothes, (laughs) okay? And if I get chubby, I grow out of the free clothes. So therefore, I have to buy the clothes. No, I don't want to do that. I like the free clothes. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you want to do with your life if you're under 30? If you're over 30, you're already in. You, you know what you're doing. So there is a Gallup survey released this week about honesty and ethics, <clears throat> how Americans see various professions, and we are going to discuss it now. It's very interesting. Clergy. Please tell me how you would rate the honesty and ethical standards of the clergy in this country. High 32 percent. That's not good. Average 45. Low 20. Now, my experience with the clergy in uh, Catholic circles, 50 percent good, 50%, no. Members of Congress, high honesty and ethics, 6%. (laughs) Average 24, low 70. This is embarrassing. 70% of Americans believe Congress is corrupt. And they have good reason, because they're in there and they get very little done. Uh, It's all about me, right? all about me, not about you, the voter. American citizen. Next one. Uh, senators. So, members of Congress are Congress people, senators. Uh, pretty much the same. High ethics, eight, average 30, low 61. They're, they're held in a little bit more esteem. This one surprised me. Lawyers, 16 high, average 52, low 31. Uh, I would flip the average into low. Okay. But maybe it's because I live in the Northeast. And there's a different, the legal firm here is absolutely falling apart. Probably in other parts of the country, it's not what's bad. You need a good lawyer, a trusted lawyer. Medical doctors, high 56, average 30, low 13. Okay, um, that's good. You need a good doctor. Nurses, high 78, much higher than doctors. Average 18, low 3. Nursing is a noble profession. Police officers, high 45, average 37, low 18. I think that's, uh, I would, that's a little low for me. I think police officers, generally speaking, across the country, could earn a lot more money doing something else. That's number one. So you got to respect the fact that they're protecting and serving at a lower salary. And most of them are honest. Journalists, hello, journalists. High ethics, 19. Average 34, low 47. That's cutting journalists a break. Right now, 50%, maybe 55, of journalists are corrupt. (coughs) By that, I mean they do what they're told to do. Now, if you don't, then you're going to have to move on. Because if your immediate superior in a newsroom, news organization, tells you to do something, and it's wrong, and you don't do it, bye. You're gone. There's no appeal. There's no anything. Okay? You're dead. So I understand what's happening. But you have to live with it. I never lived with it. Okay? So I moved all over the country, mostly good experiences, but some bad. Some corrupt. I walked right out of the corrupt places. Bye. See you. Not going to do it. Yeah, I know it's a self-aggrandizement for me, but you could ask anybody. And I've been in journalism now 49 years. I got a lot of people that I worked with. You could ask anybody. I would never do anything corrupt. It was so offensive to me. I'm going out and covering a story in an honest way. I'm not letting you change my script. I write every word I say. I always have. Nobody writes for me, ever. All right. Um, Florida, let's go back down. So you know I'm mad at uh, Pensacola for uh, taking books out of the school libraries. John Grisham, Stephen King, and Frank Bill O'Reilly. Killing Jesus, Killing Reagan. Inexplicable. And these pinheads uh, in that school district did it because they could, because the law is too vague about what books can be in school libraries. So they're idiots and they're abusing the children. The more Jesus the kids can get, the better. Okay. So now there's a new law down there in Florida, Florida board of governors says that the 12 major universities in Florida, as well as 28 smaller colleges, cannot use any state or federal money to promote any DEI. That's diversity, equity, inclusion. Now, the problem is that's very subjective. Now, here's what the Florida people say. Said so you cannot promote preferential treatment um, on the basis of race, color, sex, national origin, gender identity, or sexual orientation. Any program that does that can't get any money, can't promote it. I'm afraid that the fanatics are going to go in and wreck some good programs under this law, because that's what happened under the books. So I'm watching it. All right. But Florida is the most conservative state in the union when it comes to attacking DEI. No question about it. All right, here's a fun story. This day in history, January 25th, 1970, a movie debuted across the country. I saw this movie very early on. It saw Donald Sutherland, Elliot Gould, Sally Kellerman, and Robert Duvall. The movie was called M.A.S.H. Roll it.
1: I've also noticed that nurses as well as enlisted men address you as Hawkeye.
2: Yeah, because that's my name, Hawkeye Pierce.
1: Well, that kind of informality is inconsistent with maximum efficiency in a military oh, organization. Come
2: off it, Major. You put me right off my fresh-fried lobster. Do you realize that? I'm gonna go go back to my bed. I'm gonna put away the best part of a bottle of scotch. And under normal circumstances, you being normally what I would call a very attractive woman, I would have invited you back to share my little bed with me and you might possibly have come. But you really put me off. I mean, you're what we call a regular army clown. I wonder how a degenerated person like that
1: could have reached a position of responsibility in the Army Medical Corps.
0: He was drafted. <laughs> It's a great movie. If you haven't seen MASH, you need to... So well-written, won the Academy Award for original screenplay and the acting and everything. And now it's an anti-war film and they put it out. Robert Altman is director. He's kind of a crazy guy. Legend. Um, But it was the Vietnam era. Okay, this was uh, 54 years ago, January 25th, 1970. Right in the middle of the Vietnam thing. And this war... uh, this movie took place in Korea, the Korean War, but it was really about Vietnam. And the message was that war is bad and all that. But they did it so well, okay? And, and one of my favorite movies of all time. So then two years later, um, the, the movie made, by the way, about $82 million, and it cost $3 million to make. So big home run back in 1970. Um, then two years later, it was a TV show. They morphed it because, you know, there was the material was there, people liked it, whatever. The only actor who appeared in both TV and a movie is Gary Bergdorf, who played Radar O'Reilly. So of course I have an affinity for Gary. He was the only one that crossed over. Um, the TV show starred Alan Alda, Wayne Rogers, Loretta Swit. same thing, all right? But it became a monster. Monster hit. 11 years. it ran. And had the biggest TV audience for a finale ever. I think it was more than Seinfeld. Cheers, they're all up there. But at the time, I mean, the thing was just overwhelming. So MASH, 1970, debuted today. Okay, male segment, a final thought. And the final thought is going to pertain directly to your life. If you get upset, most human beings get upset. Some don't. Some are zombies, but most do. If you do, hang tough for my final thought. Right back.
2: With Lucky Land Slots,
0: you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up
0: quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful. A lot of anxiety. And it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day. And we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the
0: podcast, politics by faith. Okay, let's get to the mail. We got Melly. Uh, any other Catholic that would run out publicly and endorse abortion would have to answer to the church. Yet Joe Biden skates through it without any penalty. I am not where I am. The uh, Roman Catholic authorities here in the Northeast, they don't sanction people. They don't. Um, and that's a con- bone of contention. but the bishops don't want any controversy. They don't. So that Joe Biden is not denied communion except in San Francisco very conservative archbishop there, I think the, one, the guy in uh, Northern Virginia that we quoted earlier, I think he has been told Biden, don't, don't show up here. But Joe Biden can walk into 90% of the American Catholic churches and get communion. And that's just the way it is. George, concierge member, thank you, George. Um, O'Reilly says Trump should debate Haley. Then O'Reilly admits she will try to slime him. Then O'Reilly admits that before any words are uttered, the press will declare Haley the winner. Somehow this is supposed to be convinced Trump to do with the debate. Okay, look. Yes, Haley's going to attack Trump. Try to provoke him. Trump's going to know that going in. Right? What did Ronald Reagan do? There you go again. Okay? Easy. Bop. Swat it. Okay? Yes, the press is going to say Haley won, even if she collapses on stage and has to be stretchered off. Of course, we all know that. In that exposition, Haley-Trump debate, you will have millions of independent voters watching. They're not going to watch the mega rallies. Not going to mega rallies. They're not going to even go to the town halls with Donald Trump. He gets maybe four million people now to watch the town halls. All of them are going to vote for him. That is a big opportunity. David Huddle, Yukon, Oklahoma. I agree that Trump should use a debate with Haley to bring up Biden's shortcomings while being polite to the ambassador. And that would win over a lot of voters. OK, so I understand this controversy. Again, my debate Hannity on it and uh, you can listen to that. James Holland, El Paso, Texas, I disagree with you on Trump debating Haley. To me, that would just legitimize her candidacy and make people feel he's afraid of her. No, it's the opposite. If he doesn't debate, he's afraid of her and legitimize her candidacy, James. She's in the game. Okay? she's got hundreds of thousands of votes in New Hampshire and Iowa. You are not the to legitimize her candidacy. She's there. Randall Dean, Battle Creek, Michigan. It's hard to watch someone so full of themselves that they won't concede defeat and are delusional, such as Haley, who would vote for a delusional person. Well, 80 million Americans voted for Joe Biden. I don't get more delusional than he is. So I don't think Nikki Haley is delusional. It's a politician. It's what politicians do. I don't think he's delusional. Ed, not sure what Haley should do, but I know what Trump should do. Start acting presidential and gracious. All right. I'm for that. But remember, Trump supporters want him to be feisty. I think he can do both. Joe Milligan, Gellion, Ohio. I respectfully disagree with you regarding razor wire removal in Texas, O'Reilly. When the federal government refuses to enforce immigration law, does not Governor Abbott have a duty to do everything he can to protect the citizens of Texas? He can't violate the Constitution. The govern- Governor of Texas cannot do that. And the border and enforcement of it is solely the responsibility of federal government. It's r- what Biden's doing is so wrong, and I understand why the governor of Texas doing what he's doing, but you got to obey the Constitution or you don't have a country. Aaron McGillicuddy, Holton, Maine. Hey, Bill, I was surprised when you mentioned Holton tonight on the Notesman News. We will be put on the map April 8th when thousands show up for the total solar eclipse. Would love to see you here. I'd love to get up there for that. I won't be able to because of, you know where I'm going to be uh, April 8th? Malta. I'm going to be in Malta on April 8th. I'll tell you as it gets closer, but, but anyway, we love Maine. Uh, Bryce Pavlish, Henderson, uh, North Carolina. Enjoying Killing the Witch is very interesting. I read mostly historical books, so keep them coming. I find this book particularly thought-provoking. Yeah, that's why we wrote it. Um, You know, you want the witch hunt? It's back here in America. Okay, Uh, all the killing books bundled together are yours for a very fair price on BillOReilly.com. In our store, there they all are. And um, we will have a new book to announce on Monday. Brand new book out early September. It's one of the hardest books that I've ever written. It's a tough, tough, uh, not quite finished it yet, but zeroing in. But it, wait, oh, I don't want to overhype. Monday here on the No Spin News, we'll tell you all about it. Uh, word of the day to not be bumptious, B-U-M-P-T-I-O-U-S, bumptious. All right, back with a final thought about what to do when you get upset. Okay, final thought of the day, we all get upset, and. Well, there may be a few exceptions of people who just don't have any emotion, you know, you don't, but most people, okay. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, particularly if it's righteous, somebody offends you, does something mean to you, does something wrong in your presence, whatever, you know, it's natural, but there's a way to do it. And I have spent some time in Asia. All right. You can't call it the Orient anymore. I don't know why you can't call If anybody knows why you can't call it the Orient anymore, please let me know. Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at Bill name and town, of course. But Orientals, the Orient, no. The woke people, no, you can't do that. You're a racist. If you, OK, so I've spent some time in Asia. And the societies over there, obviously, are different than they are in the West so asians don't like to show emotion they're stoic they're passive in the face of personal interactions okay and uh, some of that's bad Uh, you know you know some of that you don't you want people to be kind of upfront but some of it is good so my rule now and i sometimes don't obey my own rule, is I wait 48 hours, two days, if it's a serious situation that has gotten my attention emotionally. I wait 48 hours because I'm Irish. Irish people have a tendency to, boom, lash right out, right? And I've done that my whole life. I'm a good lasher out, but it has not helped me So I read rethinking it. So I try to wait 48 hours before I respond to anything emotionally that I feel is wrong. Now, if it's crazy stuff, you got to respond right then. So if it's a little kid jumping up and down, screaming and yelling, hitting himself in the head with a plate, (laughs) hey, but if it's an insult, a slight a controversy, 48 hours will give you perspective, give you time to think about the most effective way to do it. Now, a lot of people don't want to do that. They like the emotional displays. They like getting all crazy. You know them. You know them. They love it. The more emotional display, the better. It's fun. It's lively, whatever it may be. But if you really want to solve problems, and you really want to handle yourself in a way that's most effective, adopt the Asian outlook. Step back. Note it. Don't let it go. I mean, particularly if it's serious. If it's not serious, then you can. But if it's serious, somebody insults you, somebody's doing something terrible, don't let it go. But give yourself time to formulate a strategy. That is the final thought of the day. So we got a Sunday column about uh, President Biden and uh, all the people who are becoming addicted to narcotics and dying. Where do you see the stats that I'm going to present on Sunday? Horrifying. Joe Biden care? No. Not at all. You never hear him talk about it, ever. Doesn't care. And then we'll get into why he doesn't care. So that's something. We're going to... Tell you about the new book on Monday, and then next week got a big strong lineup as the best election coverage in the country continues. Thank you for watching No Spin News. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper?